Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. All right. Me and Eric. 5 p.m. Friday, February 23rd, almost through the second month of uh, 2018. I don't know. I do keep praying that this be a better year than the last couple of years, you know, yeah. <laughs> especially 2016 and 17. Too many people died in 2016, and then, well, too many wrong people in the White House in 2017. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, like, last couple of years have been a little rough. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's been pretty good so far. Um, well, no real trouble yet. Yeah. I'll say that, you know, no real problems yet, you know, just a continuation on what's been happening, but, uh, yeah, no real problems yet. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, man. So, uh, uh, I'm wondering if you did any kind of assignment work, reading anything between last time we <laughs> talked and now. I was just reading more of that book today. Okay. Yeah. That's all I got. What'd you learn? What'd you get out of it? Uh, let me see. He outlined two different types of nice guys. Okay. And I fell into the second one. Mm. I forget what he called the two. I'm so good, nice guy. Ah, yeah, yeah. What's the the other one? The bad, bad one. Mm. Well, well, say more about the bad one. Uh, He always gets in trouble. Okay. He was a bad guy, but he'd be nice because he don't want to get in trouble or something? I think so. Or maybe he's proving that he's so bad, and that's why he's not lovable or whatever. All right. Well, you identified you, right? I don't remember that part, but... uh... The I'm so bad, nice guy is convinced everyone can see how bad he is. Oh. He can give concrete examples of bad behavior in childhood, adolescence, and adulthood that support his core belief. Got it. Breaking windows, getting whippings, running afoul of the law, that kind of stuff. Got it. Okay. Okay, I got it. Yeah, you're the nice guy, the nice guy. Yeah, the I'm so good nice guy. Um, yes. As a child, he was never a moment's problem. As a teen, he did everything right. As an adult, he followed all the rules to a T. Yes. Yeah. That was me, yeah, because I never did anything bad at all. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I never uh, even drank alcohol. I would refuse to drink alcohol. Whoa. That was until, I didn't start until after my dad passed away. Gotcha. You know, it's interesting you say that, because uh, I, I have a few brothers. One of them, his name is Kwame. And he's pretty good at posting up on Facebook, you know, on social media. So he's got a, he's been DJing and uh, R&B and hip hop, mostly hip hop, uh, for like 27, 28 years now, like mm. a long time, man. Anyhow, he had posted how today's kids, um, 
don't fight. They're like punks, and they talk smack, and they, they complain about other people, but they never fight. Hmm. And, you know, when we grew up, it was fisticuffs was happening. Yeah. And I, I remember that I had at least three major fights, one in elementary school, one in junior high school, and one in camp, summer hmm. camp. And, um, yeah, it's like I know I'm not going to start nothing, but I ain't. But I'm gonna do my best to finish it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, what I what he talked about is when you fight, you know, all of a sudden you get respect because even if you lose, they respected the fact that you even willing to fight, and you might be better the next time. Yeah. So it was interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but uh, in, in elementary school, I fought this guy in my fourth grade, mm-hmm. and he didn't beat me, but I, I I I didn't beat him, and I was like, how could I not beat this guy? It was like weird, you know what I'm saying? And uh, oh. Um, so and then in junior high school, I got into a fight with a guy I did not want to get in a fight with. Oh my God, I was scared. The whole school thought I was going to get killed. But from that day forward, nobody bothered me ever wow. again. They didn't even call me names anymore. Even had big old thick glasses. And then in junior, and then at camp, uh, my stupid butt tried to start not tried to start a fight. Started a, a fight between because uh, I didn't know at the time. Okay, so between um, white guys and the black guys in camp, it was our first day in camp. I didn't know what was going on, but. The counselors was like starting, starting stuff. You know, I think I was like, oh, 10, 11, something like that. And uh, I started, you know, uh, a couple of guys grabbed me and knocked me out. It's the only time I've ever been knocked unconscious. Wow. Yeah, junior high, like, you know, like, or sixth grade or fifth grade or something like that, you know. And, um, and then I got up. When I woke up, everybody was outside of the cabin. I said, hold that guy there. This is the guy that beat me up. And I, <laughs> I grabbed a boot. And I told him to hold him. And I kept hitting the boot until I got tired of hitting him in the head with the boot. And that was <laughs> wow. that was that was the only real fight I ever had in camp. But like those three fights, like kept me from having to fight or prove myself for the rest of my time there. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's just funny. Think not funny, but it's like I didn't remember I had a fight in each one of those like major areas that I had to live in. You know, hmm. and. um yeah, and I, I'm pretty clear it, it contributed to me being a, a tough guy and then later on a player. And I never was like a tough guy, like, I'll beat you up or I'm going to rob a bank or I'm going to sell drugs. It wasn't that kind of tough guy. It was more like, yeah. I'm okay. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and like, uh, yeah, uh, you don't want to mess with me. Leave me alone. I ain't scared of you. Kind of like that kind of tough guy, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I know that the book at least helps you to see how you're strong enough and good enough. But uh, by the way, women actually like that kind of guy, that tough guy, the guy that's going to start with trouble, but he ain't taking no crap, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I'm clear that that helped me a lot because I wasn't taking no crap for women either. Yeah. So. Uh, all right. Cool. Cool. Because you know, I'm, I, 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 a part of another reason why I'm bringing this up is because you was talking about how you felt feel about working out with your workout uh, coach. Mm-hmm. Um, is it? Have, have you felt any like you know more confidence since the last time we talked about it, or about the same? Or I mean, I'm just about the same. Yeah, about the same. Yeah, but it's good. It's good yeah. because you know when a man is walking around feeling powerful in his body, it's hard to make him feel anything less than successful. It really is. And uh, so you should keep doing it. Matter of fact, you should not stop. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's uh, no end date in sight so far. Yeah, good, good. Just yeah, don't stop, keep going, my brother. Yeah. So uh, I don't know why, but this week I had I thought at least five or six times that 
you got laid this week or something. You know, no. and I'm probably definitely wrong. Okay, definitely wrong, but like I don't know. My intuition was like you ain't getting laid, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so um I'm just gonna say that uh I'm celebrating before it happens. Before you <laughs> like, oh, it's about to happen, damn it. Yeah. Uh, and uh I ain't mad at you, bro, so uh, hmm. I hope it does and you know, okay, I just was I was just listening to my intuition. It wasn't like screaming at me, but the thought kept popping in my head. It popped yeah. in my head at least five or six times since we last talked, you know. Hmm. So, now this week was kinda like fuck everything, I'm just taking it easy and do doing what I want to do. Yeah. Doing what's comfortable and not not going out on the edge this week. Did you uh, talk to your uh, uh, Filipino uh, date since the, the date? Uh, she texts me every once in a while, but nothing really. Right. Like she wanted to start assisting at the center, and right. she skipped the meeting. Ooh. I don't know what that's about. Not cool. All right, whatever. But she texts me a hi every few days. Yeah, good. Well, good. well, you know what she wants? She wants. She wants to. She wants to cover my place and watch a movie on the weekends. Oh. Well. i just been telling her I've been too busy. Hmm. Well, you will be uh, next weekend, anyhow, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be good to see you over there, man, you know? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, told, I tell you I'm assisting on that Sunday. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna be a coach that day, and so uh, you know, if you could, if you have anything good to say to anybody that might have any kind of relationship issues, you know, what yeah. I'm gonna say is, uh, feel free and be, be fully self-expressed. Okay, <laughs> I got you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So, um, oh, and you know what? So I'm assisting on the uh, the CPC course in April. Oh, when is it? That's. Uh, Sometime in April, second weekend, I think. I might be able to make that because I know for sure that I'm going to be doing a weekend. I don't know if it's going to be the second, third, or fourth weekend. There's a uh, conference happening here in New York for uh, people that have their own, to have their books. You know? oh, okay. And uh, I fully intend to have my manuscript completed by then. Like for oh, okay. And um, and actually, to tell you the truth. Um, I'm getting some support. Just want to let you know it. I'm definitely going to give you the book too because mm. um, the book. I'll give you the manuscript when it's complete. Not you don't got to buy the book, man. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you kind of already did, which is cool. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, but the book explains men to women in ways that women can't imagine. Mm. And uh, I've got I've got to these two ladies who I'm reading the book to. And their feedback is making me rewrite it. And then when I uh-huh. let them sit here, what I wrote, rewrote, they're like, ah, ah. so I'm like, I know this book's going to work, and it's going to take care of all of us, you know. Yeah, okay. So I'm not going to bother to try to take care of, uh, have men understand women. We just hope you accept us. You know? yeah. <laughs> we don't need to know you. Just don't give us a hard time. And yeah. Us. That's it, right? All right? Yeah, yeah, that's us. We, we don't need you to. Understand this. Just don't give us a hard time because we're going to run away if you do. <laughs> we just are. So, um, so yeah. So the the CPC is on the fourteenth, fifteenth of April. Oh, I should be able to handle that. Assuming that I don't have anything else going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Donna's leading that one. Donna. Oh my God. Oh, she's going to be so happy with the both of us. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he 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 went on some dates. Check that out. Yeah. I'm. This is, I'm going to tell you the truth though. Really, I'm, I'm hoping that. Uh, 
that I can help you get laid between now and then. But we'll yeah, see. yeah, yeah. Because here's the deal for me, right? It's like, all right, so he got some dates going on, fine. So we know we're going to get more dates, but now I hope you get laid. And then by by April, I hope you find a girlfriend. That's what I really want. Oh, okay. Just one step at a time. So that's the goal. Yeah. I, I didn't, it's an updated goal. Hmm. You know, yeah. at least girlfriend potential oh, that yeah. you go on a few, t- a few dates with. You know, you can't guarantee how long a relationship is going to last when you meet somebody. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the better you are being able to tell if they're good for you or not, you know, the better the chances of you being happy. So it's, that's the goal for me. I mean, you know, I don't, th- I don't know if that's – I don't know if you're ready for a girlfriend yet. You might not be, but – Yeah, because, I mean, so far I've only had first dates, no yes. second yeah. dates. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'm being too picky or if I'm really not – if they really weren't the right one. We're going to find out when we hang out at Union Square, man. Yeah. So, uh, March might be a little too soon because it's still kind of cool out, you know? Yeah. But uh, the second weekend for sure. Yeah. The uh, uh, second one is May. May? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. May. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, definitely. As, you know, I'd like to do it in March. Depends on what the weather is like. We'll know ahead of time, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah. If the weather's crummy, then um, now nah, hmm. we'll put it off till uh, May. But uh, yeah, definitely by May it'll be nice and warm enough we can stand outside and watch yeah. girls bounce around and stuff. And <laughs> I can see what I can see what you're seeing and what you're not seeing, and I can help you do handle both. Because that's that's the real deal about it. It's like, what are you seeing? What are you not seeing? How do you feel about what you're seeing? And how do you feel about what you're not seeing? And, and all mm-hmm. of that stuff, like you know. Yeah. Um, because one of the things I've noticed is that when uh, guys do that exercise all of a sudden they have a new relationship to themselves and to women because they can see the things that, about women mm. that they couldn't see before because women are not trying to hide themselves from you because they're too busy living their life to be thinking that, you, that you're even noticing them, you know? Yeah. It's like behind the scenes, you know, watching them uh, talk smack. It's, it's sort of like uh, uh, sex in the city, but like the real, real sex in the city with no yeah. language. It's, it's kind of like behind the scenes stuff for real, so you'll see. Yeah. All right. Um, so, um, what do you want so, to talk about today? Yes. Yeah, uh, something else from the book. The next thing that they talked about. Um. Identifying approval-seeking behaviors. Oh. Uh, <sighs> Remember that part. Uh yeah 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 <laughs> yeah so, so say more about that though yeah yeah because I don't uh, remember word word but I definitely know it's worth it you know yeah so go ahead and let me see Acti- uh, things that you're doing to impress or get approval ah uh, yeah like um, Spending extra time in your hair, holding the door open for someone, cleaning the kitchen, walking a child to the park, just to get noticed or praised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what do you? How do you feel about that? Well, I I don't know what my behaviors are because one of the things they talked about was the guy who washes his car, keeps his car immaculate. Yeah. Keeps his car perfectly clean. Now, I guess I don't do that, but I do have a nice car. Yeah. And that made me 
question, did I get, I have an orange car, bright orange. Okay. And did I buy that car to get noticed, to get approval from someone else, or because I really like the color orange, I've always wanted one? Well, um, good question. How do you feel about your car? Well, I love it because I've wanted an orange car, an orange charger, ever since I watched the Dukes of Hazard as a kid. Oh, you had a charger because that was going to be the next question. What yeah. kind of car do you have? Charger. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chargers are not the kind of car that people normally think about buying. You know, I used to sell cars, and mm. usually they're looking about cars that are. Um, how do I say that are um, uh, safe uh, or prestigious, which, you know, I'm sure that the Charger is, but um, the Charger's prestigious for people that are car owners, you know, uh, car collectors, I should say. Car guys. Um, yeah, car guys. Right, right. Not necessarily yeah. car women, though, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not really yeah. prestigious for rich people that want BMWs and Mercedes. That's correct. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm going to tell you something. If you had a Beamer or a Mercedes, Mm. you wouldn't be worried about trying to find a date. You'd be trying to figure out how to keep the the gold diggers out of your ass. (laughs) (laughs) But the car would be – the car will be pulling pulling as many women in your direction as a puppy dog will. Mm. So that's another thing. To me, those kinds of cars are – Safe and conservative. That's not yeah, but but they communicate they communicate success and abundance. Yeah. So to women, they look at that. They you know there might be some girls, some women that are, that are like you know Charger fans, car fans, you know Indianapolis Five Hundred fans. Hmm. Not that many. Yeah. But you come up with a Beamer or or a Lexus or a you know Mercedes, something like that. Shoot. <laughs> they'd be, they'd be like, Hi. They'd be giving you the shiny eyes all day long, bro. Yeah. That would end your prospecting problem. Oh yeah. I don't know if you want to do that, but no, he's gone. Yeah. Take care of you. You got to be taking care of you. You know, make yourself happy first. Forget about yeah, it. Yeah, and though it's orange charge is what makes me happy. Totally got it. All right. So next thing, okay. So so you know, the next question is like, is your house was your house making you as happy as your car does? No, it doesn't. Okay, is it because it's not neat, or or because you sound like you're a neat kind of guy? But I don't know, you know. Mm, no, I mean it is messy, and that's yeah. a little bit, but more it's like it's not what I wanted originally. I couldn't find what I wanted. I wanted I I was def- desperate to get out of the condo I was in. So okay. I settled for something that wasn't as good as I really wanted. All right, but it don't bother you, right? It's just, it just just doesn't light you up. Is that what it is? Yeah. I mean, there's like things that. I want to change about it. I haven't gotten around to. It doesn't light me up, though. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I got that. Um. All right. So, um, do you have any particular topic that you want to? Well, what are my approval-seeking behaviors then? That's why I wanted to try and identify. Got it. Um, well, uh, let's see. Um, what do you think they are? Well, 
the only thing I can come up with is that when I bought all my new clothes, I want to go and get approval from people about this, that I look nice. Yep. And so, like, uh, and um, Donna Nasiak on staff, she keeps talking about me being a leader, stepping into my leadership. And so on the last forum weekend, I last forum weekend, I, um, oh, I had to take over as production supervisor because the production supervisor had to quit mm. on, that, on Saturday. Okay. So, like, and she was expecting me to support him before he left, too. So, yep. I keep wanting to go back to her now and say, did I do what you wanted me to do that weekend? Well, that might be part approval, but that's also part assessment. You know, like to see how effective you were so that you could measure yourself. Like, even in sports, they'll look at video to see how they played the last game so they can improve. You know what I mean? So that's part assessment and, and also part approval. But but just focus on the assessment part. You don't want to let your concern for approval get in the way of your concern for uh, mastery, excellence. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I think I'm coming from that question as purely approval. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. So, um, okay. So that's one. Yeah, I guess, I guess, uh, so doing the right things and dressing the right way. Okay. Okay. But why would I not want to dress the right way? I mean, because it talked about putting a moratorium on that behavior for a month to see what happens. Like in the book, they talk about he didn't wash his car for a month. Hmm. But I'm not going to not dress well for a month. Okay. So I don't know. That's that's interesting. I had never thought of that because I every couple of years or so, I do this thing called the Master Cleansing Fast. Hmm. You ever heard of it? No. Yeah, it's uh, where you take uh, squeezed lemons, squeezed lemon juice straight from the lemon you know, from the limit itself, uh, grade B maple syrup, mm. um, a slight bit of cayenne pepper and water, and you turn it into like, you know, a lemonade drink with a little cayenne pepper in it. Okay. And you drink that for however long you want to do it. So that's uh, it's a clear, full, um, how do I call it, a, um, uh, a liquid fast, no solid food while you're drinking it. Okay. And I've gone yeah. and I've I've gone from twenty one days to forty one days wow. on that fast. And the reason I'm bringing it up is uh, a, a couple of things. One, it makes you think differently because you're no longer eating, so you're looking at your eating habits that you can't engage in that you wouldn't normally notice while you were eating, normally eating. That's mm-hmm. the first thing. The second thing is I experienced um, a high, a extremely high level of integrity, uh, and yeah. uh, seems like life seems to take care of you when you're doing what you say you're gonna do with the integ- level of integrity that it requires. Um, but a third thing is um, it teaches you how to think. I, I kind of was saying that at first, you know, it lets you see your habits and stuff, but it actually lets you hear yourself thinking. Oh yeah. It's kind of like meditation because you can't you can't cover up your your thinking with your what you would normally do. You have to sit there and think about it. Like for example, 
I used to be, uh, you know, working for um, a uh, caterer, and he hired me when I was um, on the fast because he knew I wasn't going to eat nothing. And I'm watching my, one of my favorite foods, shrimp. Oh, my God. And I can't touch it because I'm on my fast. But he's got me. I remember one, one time I was on one of my fasts. He had me during the 30 days. He had me, like, on five or six catering events. I mean, I was happy to make the money, but I was like, this is kind of torture, bro. You're killing me, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, but another thing is if you were willing, if you were interested, um, you know, it's a quick way to lose weight. And since you're working with a fitness trainer, the chances are you lose losing weight to get to your ideal weight. Um, you know, you you could, you know, get, get get the weight off and keep it off. Yeah. So I've been doing uh, something called a green smoothie cleanse. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah, green smoothies yeah. for ten days, and that okay. that's definitely yeah. a mind bender too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any fasting is a mind bender. Like, yeah, huh? Like all I could think about was I want some meat. I need some meat of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> but but another thing too is when you're moving around, to say you move around a city or something, you start noticing food smells. Mm. And when you never thought about it before, you know, you walk past, you know, you can smell the subway before you even see it, half the oh, yeah. time, you know, yeah. because, um, you know, they're, what they're doing, part of it is they're letting the smell get out there so you can get, you know, automatically triggered and go on in there, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, at least that's, at least that's true in Manhattan. And around, around the New York Center and Landmark, you know, there's all of these stores. This is a high, you know, uh, um, what do you call it, high um, market district, you know, it's just, mm. it's just, Retail establishments and you know all all these stores and businesses. It's you know it's like crazy. You got you can get anything. The only thing I haven't seen you can buy in that particular area is a car. No, ain't, ain't no car dealerships. You got everything else though. You know, but you can call somebody on to get a car if you want. But I'm just saying, there's no place to go to uh, car hunt. Yeah. Uh, but you got everything else. Anyhow, um, you know, you're walking around and you can see, smell, hear stuff that you never would think of before because you was on automatic. So. The green smoothie thing, I'm pretty sure the same thing because you know there's no food, it's just just drinking, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. And, and did your guy uh, have you doing that? No, that's something that uh, Joanna had got me on last year, actually. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good move. Good move. Yeah, that's what that's started nice. it. That's what started. I lost probably almost 40 pounds since May of last year. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, that that'll help. Yeah. So and uh, uh, oh yes, I noticed there's a lot of I noticed how many fast food commercials there are on TV and how much Coca-Cola is advertised all over the place. Yeah, yeah, like the stuff that you like that you cannot no longer have, all of a sudden it's all up in your face. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, any other uh, approval-seeking uh, activities you can you can think of? I don't know. I can't think of any. But the other thing that I've known noticed a while ago is that when I'm only I have more satisfaction in doing something when I'm doing it up for myself and not for someone else. Ooh. You should write that down. Damn, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you should write that. You should, you should man, oh, my God, because that was going to lead me to the thing I was going to talk about. But I was trying <laughs> to see, see if you could talk about, you know, anything else showing up for you there. So so what was it that um, they said, the type two nice guy, you're number two nice guy. What's this? Read that again. 
Uh, I'm so good, nice guy. Yeah, what did they? How did they describe that? Let me go find it. Uh, let's see. This man handles toxic shame by repressing his core belief about his worthlessness. He believes he is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. If he is conscious of any perceived flaws, they are seen as minor and easily correctable. As a child, he was never a moment's problem. As a teen, he did everything right. As an adult, he followed with all the rules to the T. Got it. So, what I'm he, present yeah. to... Okay, sorry. Uh, he masks his toxic shame with the belief that all the good things he does makes him a good person. Yes. <laughs> that's, the, that's the one. Oh, my God. So, um, two things. One, um, you say yes too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that. Uh, we, we kind of said that. But see, you don't know you don't know your power, so let me tell you what your power is. You have full permission to honor your word if you say yes. But you also have full permission to say no. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, as a man, that's one of the things that will keep a woman on her toes and, and consider you unpredictable but reliable is that she can't predict what you will say yes to, but she can predict that if you say yes, you're going to do it. Okay. Yeah. So you think you have to do it? No. You only have to do it if you say yes. Right. Let me say that again. You only have to do it when you say yes. If you say no, you have the freedom to say no. And that might be, oh, but come on, please, and all that other stuff, right? But then you got to remember that it's got to be what you want, not what they want, because you like doing what you do better when you are doing it for you, right? You just said that, wrote, wrote yeah. It down, right? Yeah. That's what should make you make decisions, not other people. That makes sense. Yeah. Are oh, you writing it down? Is that what you have? Yeah, yeah, I'm typing it down. Excellent. Right. Yeah. Ah, that's good. As a matter of fact, what I'm thinking about is um, you should start, you should create a document or some kind of file hmm. that um, that I have, that I, I, I came up with. And I know you heard me talk about this called uh, the instrument panel, right? You heard me hmm. talk about that? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, instrument panels where, um, you know, you don't know, like you collect empowering context and you use it to help you keep track on stuff. Um, it's sort of like uh, if you're underwater and you're trying to figure out how to get to north, how to get up, you know, the only way to know for sure without any question is to blow a bubble and follow the bubble, right? That's, that's, mm, yeah. Right. So you, so you writing down these empowering contexts, it will be your instrument panel. It'll be your blowing the bubbles to go to true north. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so that's see. We human beings, we are designed to live a life of principles. 
And I'm going to assert, because I don't know for sure, and I probably won't know for sure until I actually leave this planet, but I'm going to give you my assessment, is that um, the creator, whatever name you want to call him, um, lives, you know, is, is love, is love, and, you know, also creativity and all this other stuff. So, you know, those possibilities that um, they say, you know, what possibility you will live, you create for yourself in your life at Landmark, the words that they use for, for, for possibilities are really principles. Mm. And a person, a person that is connected to principles is connected to their life. They're connected to reality. They're connected to, Landmark calls it a realm of possibility, but it's not a realm of possibility. It's reality. It's the reality we're living in. Yeah. And rather than hope that the possibility comes true, you want to use it as your um, measurements for, um, uh, for your quality control tools to maintain the life that you're living. You want to be principle-based. So um, being principle-based in the case we're talking about is, you know, being loving or being wise or being strong or being, you know, optimistic, all of those possibility words, right? Yeah. But there's also empowering contexts. You know, so, for right. example, I'll give you a couple of mine. And when I remember these contexts, I get so settled. There's, there's nothing else to talk about for me. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple of my empowering contexts is uh, one is the sooner you get bad news, the better that bad news is. So to, to put it in like general terms, when would you want to know you got cancer today, next month or next year? Yeah. Right. Right. So, you know, you don't want okay. bad news. Nobody wants bad news, but the sooner you get it, the better it is. Right. So that's mm. one. Okay. Right. So instead of getting mad at the bad news, be thinking, how would I feel if I got this bad news in a, in a month from now? You know, and so that way it gives you a chance to actually be grounded in reality. That's just one of many. Um, uh, I have this thing I call, I know there's a book out called The Platinum Rule, but before I ever heard of Platinum Rule, I came up with what I call the third um, golden rule. Mm. So the first golden rule is in the Bible. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's the yeah. first rule. Right. The second golden rule, everybody knows, but they don't know. They may not know it the way it's being said. So to me, the second golden rule is the one with the gold rules. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then the third golden rule is do unto others as they want to be done unto. Because they eat you. <laughs> mm. So treat them the way they want to be treated, but you've got to keep your eye on them so that you can figure out how they want to be treated and you can get what they want. Yeah, and yeah. when they get what they want, you're happy. And so let me say something about that that's even further important to you. So um, uh, Wendy, Wendy Zalas, right? You know her? Yeah. 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 When she was in TMLP, I was uh, her coach's coach. Lady oh. named Rita, Rita Shar. I don't know. Do you know Rita? I don't know. It doesn't ring a bell. Okay. Um, anyhow, um, I Rita, uh, you know, Rita's daughter had a, had a child, and she was dating this guy, and it was not working. His name was Rob. And so she said, Tony, please, please hire, please coach Rob. 
I mean, you know, I don't want them to go away. So she, she paid me to, to, to coach him. All right, cool. So um, he was kind of like a simpleton, but a good guy. Mm. A nice guy, but a simpleton. And I was talking to him about, you know, I was using what women want from them. They can't tell them because I didn't realize that I could be doing coaching like I'm doing with you now, mm. you know, taking pieces from all over the place and stuff. So I had my program. I'm coaching my program. Anyhow, at some point I talked to him about um, – women's need for safety and security and what that looks like is you need to keep your eyes on them 100% of the time. You can't take your eyes off of her. Because the minute you take your eyes off her, she won't feel safe. If she won't feel safe, she'll be worried, wondering if you even see what's going on. And so she'll be nervous, worried, and unhappy. Plus, you don't think she's important enough for you to pay attention to. Hmm. But what I told him, because he's a hunter, I said, you got to watch women like you're a hunter. You know, hunters are always looking to see what's going on next with the creature that they're, they're keeping an eye on so they can capture them, right? Bring yeah. home the deer, right? That's who you need to be in order for you to be able to treat her the way she wants to be treated. Do unto her as she wants to be treated. But you got to watch her. So how you watch her is by listening to her complaints. I know I said that before, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you decide if you like those you can handle those complaints or not. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, man, that's so easy. That's all you got. <laughs> I got this. But otherwise, you'd be like, oh, hell no. I'm gonna, man, thank you. Sayonara. See you. We want to be. Right? So, you know, you get a chance to choose, right? Mm-hmm. So do unto others as they want to be done unto, but you have to learn how they want to be done unto. Yeah. Yeah, so you got to keep your eyes open, especially on women, because they're half the time they don't even know what they're up to and how they're doing and how they feel until after it's over. Hmm. Never knew that, huh? Wait, say that one again. Women often, especially when they get emotional, they don't really know what's going on with them until after the, the issue is over. Yeah, okay. And they look back on it and they're like. Oh, I didn't realize I was ha 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 ha. Hmm. So um, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I want you to start listening to other people's conversations, other people's concepts that's stronger than yours. Yeah. And when they, you hear it, you should write it down and keep it. Put it yeah, in I, I, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I started doing that in my notes. Um, Good. But I didn't, I don't have it all in one place or all over the place. Yeah. Me, it would be on my phone, but, you know, you're a different guy, so we put it wherever you want. But you want to put it where you can get to it any time. That's why it's on my phone. And so, but, uh, so, um, some of them are specific to dating and finding women, and some of them are just ways in general to live life. That's correct. But they're all going to help you in your relationship, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering if I should, I should separate them into two categories or just lump them all together? Um, I would lump them all together and then also separate them. Hmm. You know what I mean? So I have it, you know, handy. But yeah. also, you know. There's this book. This is where I started collecting information, collecting distinctions. Um, it was um, after I left after the World Trade Center incident, I think I told you this, I'm not sure. After the World Trade Center incident, I moved down to North Carolina. And when I was down there, 
uh, I realized that I was the only one down there that had done any personal development work, and I didn't want these people driving me crazy. Mm. So I decided I was reading this book, um, the, the Greatest Salesman in the World, and bottom line is what had him be the, the greatest salesman in the world is that he had this treasure chest of 10 wisdom scrolls, lessons, distinctions that he would read in the morning and at night, once a day, you know, I mean, uh, every day for a month. And then he would put down scroll number one, go to scroll number two, live through that for a month, do the same thing with number three, and to go through the 10 scrolls and go through them for the rest of his life. Mm. I was like, wow. So I created a little notebook that, that was uh, my treasure chest because I was selling furniture in North Carolina. So I was walking around with my book in case I didn't have anything else to do. Rather than let my brain eat me alive, let me read this stuff. So I had the, the, uh, the old model and the new model of communication. I had the way the, uh, the Lamar form works, but I call it the way life works. Mm. So I would read that out there. Actually, that's one of the reasons why I memorized that. Um, uh, yeah, the, uh, transformation, uh, the genesis of a new realm of possibility. Um, inside this new possibility, in the Lamar form, you'll experience a new realm of possibility. Inside this new realm of possibility, uh, the constraints the past imposes on your view of life disappear. A new view of life emerges. Possibilities for being call you powerfully into being. New openings for action call you powerfully into action. The experience of being alive transforms. <laughs> I couldn't resist it. It was too. It was too accurate, right? Yeah. So uh, I started collecting that. Then I, I, when that book got full, I, I created a new one. Took out the good stuff that, and stuff I didn't feel like I needed anymore. Put it in. And next, the third book, I tried the third book. I decided let me do a file on my computer. And I've been doing that ever since. Mm. So I'm saying for you to do the same thing. Yeah, and I yeah, and I'm doing it the way I've always done it. Is that I think I can just remember them all. Ah, so, okay. <laughs> and that doesn't always work. So it's time to start <laughs> writing them, putting them all down. <laughs> yeah. Let me write. Let me let me give you another one. You ready? Yeah. Uh, the dullest pencil holds in, holds ideas longer than the sharpest mind. Say that one again. The dullest pencil holds ideas longer than the sharpest mind. Mm, okay, all right, I got you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't invent that one, but I like it. You know, <laughs> the fact that I remember it and I didn't write it down is pretty good. Actually, I got a good. Uh... <laughs> so. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh... <laughs> So, yeah, so I'm going to read you, like, um, I was going to create a book, and I was still might down the road, called uh, The Instrument Panel. And um, so I'm going to just read a couple of the, the, the different contexts, because this is, um, how do I say, this is a inner game when it comes to, like, dating and meeting women for guys. This is, this is uh, inner game. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read this, okay? So um, I was going to say what they are, you've got to read, write them down, but if you want to stop me and say, explain that one, I'll do that, all right? Okay. So, so there's the instrument panel, and um, I talked about that. Then there's collecting a power in context, which is how you build your instrument panel. Then there's humanities owner's manual. Those are five-year-olds. Those are the only ones that live life the way we're supposed to. Those are the oldest ones that live life the way we're supposed to live. And then they start listening to us, our dumbasses, right? Yeah. So, um, then there's a factory installed human software. That's another concept that I got. You know? mm. um, 
then there's a, a subconscious closed closet. One day we might do an exercise. This is an awesome exercise about how the brain works. Um, monkey mind. This is where your brain, you know, loses its, uh, 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 you know, you get triggered and you go into all these crazy different ways. Mm-hmm. It's like the mind is jumping around, you know, oh, around yeah. like a monkey. Right, yep. monkey mind is what it's called. Then there's a paradigm blindness. This is where you can see people that are lower than you consciously, intelligently, but you can't really see who's higher than you. Paradigm mm-hmm. blindness. I learned that from uh, reading Power Versus Force about levels of consciousness. Then there's intuition. People can't distinguish intuition, so you need to be able to distinguish intuition from your inner voices and from your memories and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Intuition, how you know you got intuition is, you only hear that idea one time. You don't hear intuition twice. Intuition does not repeat itself. Oh, okay. So, next is taking on the listening of others. When their listening is greater than, uh, than your listening of you is, if their listening of you is greater than, than your listening of you, you should take on their listening. Hmm. So, that helps you build yourself up. Because in wisdom, in wisdom, they say listen to greatness out of people, right? Mm-hmm. So, let them listen to greatness out of you. <laughs> I know, foreign concept, but you know, hey. <laughs> yeah, I, I resist that a lot sometimes. Uh see, so that's another thing you should put down as a uh uh what is it what did he call it? Um the characteristics. What's the term that, that the uh Doctor Glover uses in the book? Uh approval seeking? Yes. Yeah, well, that's not approval seeking, but it's uh, but it's blocking your your ability to grow. It's blocking that, you know. Yeah. Not not accepting acknowledgement or oh, resisting yeah. acknowledgement. That's yeah. that's what I mean. Yeah, that's okay. really what that is. Um, the opposite of taking on the listening of others. Uh, next is uh, the difference between intellect and awareness. Intellect is being able to build a building. Awareness is. There's lots of places you can build buildings. Mm. How I describe it is um, if you've got um, uh, Albert Einstein, Stephen Hawking, and um, uh, some other genius standing in front of uh, the Empire State Building, they can handle anything within, within viewing distance. So they can handle anything on 34th Street, anything on 5th Avenue, and, you know, like that, right? But if you had a uh, an 18-year-old high school graduate standing at the 103rd floor looking out the window, 110th floor or whatever, looking out the window of the Empire State Building, they'd see New Jersey, Bronx, Queens, Manhattan. You know, they'd see Long Island, Staten Island. They'd see all of that stuff. And now they could see other places to build uh, buildings, other places to go do this, that, or the other. They actually even know it is there. But the people standing in front of the building, they can't see they're not aware of that other stuff. Yeah. And the, an 18-year-old, he may be aware of all of that stuff, even though he may not know how to take advantage of it. Yeah. So there's a difference between awareness of understanding what's possible and what's what's available, and then intellect, which is what you do about it. Mm. And you want both. Yeah. yeah. You got to have both. Right. So, um, so. Okay. All right. So the next is uh, thinking versus having thoughts. So when you're thinking, you're actually like asking questions, you're examining. Really, mostly thinking is about questioning, mostly. Oh, okay. 
If you're not questioning, you're just having a thought. Thought pops in your head, you think it's yours. But no, it pops into your head. So where did it come from? If you didn't actually come up with the conclusion yourself, if you received this thought, that's what is known as thoughting. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I've, I've heard about that thoughting concept yeah. before, but I never, no one ever said what thinking was. Yes. Thinking is in, investigating. Thinking is questioning. Thinking is examination. Mm. Our brains are answer-seeking devices. We don't have to. We don't have to look for the answer. We can just all you got to do is ask, and our brain will give us answers. We may not like the answers. <laughs> the answers may not work for us. But if we don't examine the answers, we'll be wondering why we. Uh, <laughs> excuse my friends got fucked. You know, <laughs> because we didn't examine the thought. Yeah. We thought the thought was was good enough. So, anyhow, say so that's that. Then is um, Gigo, G I G O. Garbage in, garbage out. Mm, yeah. If you put in the poor information, you're gonna get poor, uh, uh, poor results. Mm-hmm. Uh, dogma, you know, is another one of my uh, uh, tools on my um, what do you call it, instrument panel. Because I'm looking to see, am I talking? Am I dealing with dogma with this person that I'm dealing with? Mm. Um, because they don't. People that have dogma, they don't know they got dogma. You know what they say in the landmark form, right? That um, um, uh, a person who um, uh, who's superstitious doesn't does, doesn't believe in superstition. Right. Yep. Yep. But you know, a person who believes in superstition, if they think it's superstitious, then it's not superstition. But if the person yeah. doesn't think it's superstition, it is superstition, right? <laughs> so that's 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 dogma, really, right there. Yep. You know, so uh, you know, as soon as you realize that it's superstitious, it's no longer superstitious. Exactly. But it, but until then, it's superstitious, damn it. And we've got a lot of superstition going on in this country right now. Okay, I'm done. Thanks. Um, <laughs> next is perfection. The perfection. People people think have a, a, a faulty view of perfection because everything is perfect. Now, there's a difference between perfect and flawed. Flawed is about workability. With perfection, everything's perfect. And so let me give you an example of what I mean. You know, you got a bicycle that's got 18 spokes in, in each of the tires, right? If you, if you take out or you lose four of the spokes, it's flawed. But it's still perfectly a bicycle with only 14 spokes. Yeah. It's designed to actually exist with only 14 spokes should it go there, but not as good as if it had 18. Yeah. So it's not, it's not, it's not imperfect. It's perfect. It's perfectly flawed. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, dealing with that, that might be something else for you to look at for yourself. Because I'm pretty sure you consider yourself, you, you don't maybe think of yourself as a perfectionist, but you're a perfectionist, yeah? Oh, yeah, I've, I've thought that for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's another thing you should put on your list. Yeah. 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 What was I going to say about that? If I'm such a perfectionist, though, then why is my house so messy? Because there's a difference between perfection and excellence. Hmm. See, people who are committed to excellence, they can handle imperfection because all they're doing is raising the level of effectiveness. 
Michael Jordan missed over 9,000 shots in his career. Hmm. 9,000. Reggie Jackson, you heard of him? Yeah. Reggie Jackson hit over 500 home runs in his career. He was known as Mr. October. I know when he was the Yankees, and uh, in his best, he hit three home runs in the first pitch in the in the World Series game to win the World Series. Three first pitch homers. But you know what? He's also the strikeout king. He got the most strikeouts in the history of baseball. <laughs> <laughs> if he was a perfectionist, he never would have been made it to the major leagues. Yeah. Okay. He was performing and providing excellence, not perfection. He kept raising his game. That's because he was looking for some other areas to be better, not to prevent himself from failing. So let me give you two quick examples from Michael Jordan, the guy that missed 9,000 shots. Yeah. He improved his game every chance he got. So there's two things he did that's just still stunning to me to this day because I've never seen or heard anybody do this. There's probably one guy that could do some of this stuff, maybe two, maybe, but anyhow, the first thing is um, he improved his ability to score when getting fouled. Yeah. Yeah, he was so good at scoring, he decided, let me see if I can score by getting fouled, when I, while being fouled so I could score extra points. Because it'll improve his shot, uh, uh, his shooting percentage and his scoring percentage, scoring average. Mm-hmm. Because if you shoot a basket ball and you get fouled but you don't score, it doesn't go against your shooting percentage because you got fouled. Yeah. But it, but if you score and uh, you got fouled, it as increases increases your shooting percentage and you get an extra point because. You get a chance to shoot a three, uh, you know, free throw. So now it's a three pointer instead of just a two point. Yeah. So you get an extra point and you improve your shooting percentage by being able to score on a regular, or when you score being fouled. So he just kept getting better and better at being scored regardless of if they fouled him or not. Mm-hmm. But that that one blew my mind until I heard the second one. So he mastered the art of being able to uh, get out of a, a triple team, like three guys guarding him. Just by dribbling him, just by dribbling away from him, he could dribble. He could dribble out of a triple T. That's crazy. It's not like he's dribbling out of a double team. With, you know, it's me, you, and Donna Ella guarding him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the best of the planet, and he dribbles past these three guys. He yeah. does a couple of moves, and next thing you know, he's over there, and these three guys are chasing him. What? <laughs> yeah, I never heard that before. Never saw that. I've seen guys dribble and then the guy that's guarding them got fell down because they got their legs twisted. They call it ankle breaking. They're breaking yeah. down his ankles, right? I've seen that, but I ain't, I ain't never seen anybody outside of Michael dribble through a triple team. Jeez. But see, that's excellence. That's not perfection because nobody even thought of that. I never heard that before or since. Hmm. So. It's like how much better can I be, not how much less can I screw up. Okay. That makes sense now? I think so. Well, how do I apply that to my situation then? Well, 
um, you can look at uh, – here's how you work, looked at it. All right, you ready? What worked about what didn't work? Ask yourself that question. Look at everything that didn't work and then say, okay, there must have been something here that worked. What worked? So I could build on top of that. Yeah, okay. Like I'm thinking about all the paperwork in my office here that's just all over the place. All right, well, I got a book for you. Yeah. Yeah, it, it saved my career as a facilities manager, bro. Yeah. Organizing for dummies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> here's, here's the key to uh, being organized. Is you got to be able to see how you want it to go before you even start moving. It's got to be in your head, already already set up in your head before you start. Yeah, yeah okay. That's a, that was the key. That was the biggest, first biggest thing. So, yeah, you know, I, bogged down, I get bogged down in how do I want it to go? Where do I want things to be? Yeah. I don't know where th- some things I don't know where they should go. You know, I get yeah, stuck well, with that and stop. Well, well, one of the things you can do is to figure out what do you what do they do for you? How are they serving you? And use that as your decision making context. All right, I'm going to finish this list because there's three lists here. One is for personal management. One is for working for others, working with others, I should say. And then the uh, third thing is a uh, list is, um, you know, global general context. So okay. anyhow, dog, dog, but perfection. Patience. Patience is interesting. Um, patience is really kind of like allowing, um, you know, what, when to be patient, how to be patient, that you mm-hmm. should be patient. Remember that patience is not a bad thing. Like, mm-hmm. be conscious of the concept of patience, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you got it, all right? So there been responsibility. This is another context, even though it's a word in the dictionary. Mm-hmm. Responsibility is um, choice and opportunity and freedom. Responsibility is, oh, I get to have things go my way? Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's, that's really responsibility. That's the um, most appropriate and most empowering context to have about uh, responsibility. Oh, I'm in charge of making it go my way? Nobody complains about, oh, you should make your bed this way, unless you don't like making your bed and it's, it's your woman telling you to make the bed, right? Yeah. If it's not, if you, you're being told to do something you don't want to do, that's one thing. But if you're being told what to do, it's an option. It's a choice. It's an opportunity. So them telling you that you want to, you know, to, to, to be a leader you know, around the center, hmm. you know, there's a couple of different ways of looking at it. You can look at it as, do I really want to do this? Because I'll tell you personally, I don't say yes to nothing from Landmark unless I see the benefit I'm going to get out of it. I'm not oh, doing it for them. Me too, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not doing it for them. It's like, do I want yeah. to do it? So, um, But also when you're responsible – you get to do things your way, and you get people to you get uh, uh, you know to have people listen to you and do what you want them to do too. Mm. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes you be more responsible. You have to be more responsible than you want to, but then you then you got to look and see what you what value can you get from it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So. Okay. So it's responsibility and it's toughness. 
people think that toughness is roughness or meanness or forcefulness. No, it's just tough. You can be tough without being rough. Hmm. Tough is endurance. Tough is stamina. Tough is um, never giving up. It's not rough. It's not gruff. Yeah, okay. Rough is how is endurance. It's it's commitment. That's tough. You don't have to look tough to be tough. You're actually tough. You just don't know it. Well, when you put it that way, that I guess I am. Yeah, no, you definitely is a tough guy. Matter of fact, you're a warrior. <laughs> but how you deal with war, warriorness is by um, letting people see or surrendering to being kind of like being um, masochistic almost. You're almost like a masochist. Hmm. Can you see that? No, how so? Well, I mean, you avoid getting beat up and forced and pushed around, but if you was in that situation, you would let them. Is that right? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Best answer of the day. (laughs) Probably. Okay. Yeah, but you're a tough guy. You're way tougher than you think. Um, but rough and gruff and all that stuff is not tough. Okay. It's forceful. Endurance. Nelson Mandela was tough. Mm. He spent 27 years in solitary, damn near. So 27 years in jail for nothing because he was standing up for being an African, uh, a black man. Yeah. And he said something about, you know, somebody in politics, pop up, the, the president or whatever. He said something about him, and he's like, I will let you out as soon as you take it back. Nope, yeah. not taking it back. Sorry. Eventually, the country voted him out, and then he let him out. So that was the, end, that was the beginning of the end of apartheid for real. Anyhow. Um, so what's the difference between toughness and stubbornness? Um, toughness is for something. Yeah. Like you're standing for something, you know? Okay. Stubbornness is of being right. Got you. And I'll give you these last few. Um, then there's authenticity. People don't really get what authenticity is. It's really like, you know, bearing a soul. But if you're not even present to it, um, then, um, you know, you got no chance of learning, making a difference, being contributed to, and any of that other stuff. So, you know, it's just the context, but... There was one that one I put in there that people are just not present to. Most folks don't think about being authentic. What do you mean? They think authentic is being vulnerable. It kind of is, but not only. Okay. So there's that, and there's uh, failing forward. Failing forward. Fail forward. In other words, let your fail failings take you forward. Look how you could take, like, notice how the failures you make now are not as uh, are different. They're further along than the failures you used to have. Well, yeah. Makes sense? Yeah. And is it is that similar to learning from your mistakes? Yes. Yes. And also what worked about not what didn't work. Right. 
Yeah, it's about um, acknowledging that you failed better than you failed the last time is part of it, too, you know. Mm. Like, I didn't fail as bad as I did the last time. I'm moving forward. Yeah, I got you. So there's a next one is a purpose tremor. We're almost done. Purpose tremor. You ever heard of that? No, I haven't heard that one. Purpose tremor is um, kind of like um, in sports they call it choking, where you panic in the minute, last minute, or you you know you lose your cool in the last minute of the game, strike out even though you're not normally a strikeout artist because because the pressure is too much on you or something. Mm. But what it looks like on the court is, um, you know, to, to be more specific, um, if you ever try to thread a needle, try to put a, a you know, thread between in the eye of the needle, and the yeah. closer your hand got to the eye of the needle, the more your hand shook. Yeah, yeah. You ever notice that? Yep. Yeah. That's called purpose tremor. All right. So whenever you have purpose tremor, in sports they call it choking, but like when you deal with women, you experience you experiencing purpose trauma all the damn time. Oh no! It's really, it's nervousness. But the harder you get, the harder you try to, the, the more purposeful you try to get, the more nervous you get. That's the point of it. Okay. So you want to chill it, relaxing and relaxing. You know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I got two more for you. So um, the next one is called uh, emotional budgeting. This was this was this might have been this is actually the first this the first uh, empowering context I ever had, hmm. and I got it from 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 uh, I got it at nineteen, but I started when I was eight. Wow. Yeah. So uh, my mom um, left my dad when I was five, and then I tried to find him when I was eight. And uh, I couldn't, you know, I cut up with my grandmother. Then all of a sudden she just ignored me and I couldn't find him. And then I decided, you know what, I'm not going to worry about it anymore about my dad until I meet him again. Hmm. And from 8 until 19, I didn't think about my dad because I couldn't do nothing about it. I wasn't going to torture myself. And then when I met him, I realized that I actually didn't torture myself that whole time. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, I was like, oh, I didn't, oh, now I can think about it. And so, you know, after about three months, I realized, yeah, Mom, you know, you did the right thing because, you know, nah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to, no, it was good, thanks. <laughs> I don't like that, right? And later on, you know, I've made it, made it with my dad, you know, like um, real respect and that kind of thing. But anyhow, the point is that uh, emotional budgeting is when you um, don't, um, uh, you don't spend time and energy thinking and worrying about something you can't do anything about right now. Yeah, yeah. You can't do nothing about it right now? Think of something else. Because yep. all you be doing is waste your energy. Use your energy on something else or go chillax. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so emotional budgeting. Yeah, but you got nothing. If, if worrying about – if you got something to do on Monday and you worry today – Stop worrying. Forget about it. Put your mind in the direction of some other place else. So, yeah. And the last, I like that one. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, good, good, good. Guys could appreciate this better than women do, but Mm, yeah, (laughs) everybody can benefit from it. So, anyhow, the last one is uh, I call it bringing the party with you. Mm. You the party. 
So I learned that one as a youngster, too. My, my god brother taught me this one. I didn't like it at the time, but I love it now. So uh, we went to a party, and uh, back in those days, in the, in the mid-'70s, must have been like 73 or something. I think I was 15. And, um, you know, in the morning, you know, my god brother was like, hey, man, we're going to this party, man. You should come and ask your mother for some money. It was $10 to go to this party, 73. So I want you to know what $10 means. So bus fare was twenty dollars, twenty cents. Excuse me, bus fare was twenty cents. Hoagies was a dollar, and my, I think the rent was uh, sixty-five or seventy dollars a month for the month hmm. for a two-bedroom apartment. That ten dollars was big, you know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. Fifteen, big. Miles was, was like, give me fifty dollars now. So anyhow, I go to a party. Me and my, my godbrother Marty and his best friend uh, Jack. We were sitting at this party, and it was actually, believe it or not, it was in the Audubon Ballroom. You don't know what that is, but it was in the same place that um, Malcolm X got assassinated in. Oh, wow. Yeah, because it's, you know, it's in New York. You know, so, yeah. You know, North Harlem, Washington Heights. Anyhow, we went, you know, we were in there, and there's a party, and, um, you, know, they, you know, DJ's doing his thing, and we was talking to them. My godbrother got up, Jackie got up, they walked around, all that stuff, right? So we got there about 10 o'clock-ish. I was sitting at the table at about 2 o'clock in the morning. My godbrother walks by me and sees me sitting at the table. He said, yo, man, you still the same table? Mm. What? He started laughing at me. He said, man, didn't you pay $10? Like, didn't you get paid $10? Didn't you get pay $10 to get you in here? Mm. You know, of course, they didn't say nothing. I'm too nervous to word, right? I'm like, I, I, he was my bully. He was my, he was my bully grow, growing up. I used to stay with him for a bunch of years, man, my mother. Love me with his mother, Miss Ivy. So he's like, "Yo, man, I'm gonna tell you something, man. You you gotta get up, man, because because DJ ain't gonna ask you to dance, and these girls ain't gonna ask you to dance. You gotta be bringing the party with you wherever you go." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh gosh, I think I did get up then. I'm not sure, but from that point forward, I'm my I'm my own party. I don't need you to help me none. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. 15, I got that lesson. So I'm telling you now." You be your own party. You don't need anybody entertaining you, controlling you, or making you feel good. Mm. You, you can do that on your own. So bring the party with you, bro, wherever you go. <laughs> and, and and when you bring in a party wherever you go, and guess what? Everybody's at a party. Yeah. Your party. Right? Yep. So, so anyhow, those are just some of the many uh, you know, contexts, empowering contexts that I've collected over the years. Okay. And so I'm saying, listen for those. And sometimes you might want to use a distinction as an empowering context because that's what they are anyhow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the one from Wisdom is uh, All is Well. Yes. I love that one. I got to I gotta remind myself of that one. Man, All is Well. Ah, that's like let, let everything be perfect. Just let things be perfect. Exactly. Let it be perfect, right? Let yep. it be perfect. That's yeah. it. All right, well, um, dude, this was this was awesome. I don't know what you think, but yeah, I'm surprised. I wasn't expecting it to be, but it was. Me, me, remember when we was talking in the Philly the Philly Center when I was there, and I was like, I never know, you know, based on how I'm hearing it with you, I can give you some stuff I've already got organized, but I I'd rather follow your brain and then give you what you need when when it pops up. Yeah, this is an exactly an exactly what I mean by that. You know. Yeah. 
this was uh this is awesome. Uh last thing I want to ask you, and you know, you could you don't have to answer it now, but I'd like for you to answer it. And, and every once in a while I'm going to ask you this. Mm-hmm. Um how can I improve well two questions. How can I improve you know, in helping you as a coach? How can I improve as a coach in your eyes, number one? And um, you know, how will you how is this working for you? Like like you know, are you getting what you want out of it on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate it? And then, um, you know, what would you say, uh, you know, you need or would want more of? Because uh, I want to improve my performance with you, too, you know? Right. Okay. Yeah, let me think about that. All right, good. So, yeah, man, I just want, I want just to be like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. uh, on your best man team. You let somebody else be your best man, but I want to be when you get married, bro. Should that ever happen? He said, you choose to be married? I want to, I want to be at the wedding, bro. I'm saying. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. Yep. You're invited. All right. Good. Good. All right. Cool. So anything uh, you want to say in completion? Uh, nope. Uh, just, uh, this was a hell of a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. You know what I was going to say neither until we started talking. Yeah. But, and it, it helps that I actually read something. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, good point. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, do some homework, damn it. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, all right. All right. Well, um, yeah, so here's what I want you to do as an, as an additional assignment. I mean, I know we talked about this before and haven't talked about it in a while, but I really want you to go into your dating success planning guide. And I wanted to use the notes and maybe even this recording for your dating success planning guide because in there it talks about mindset. Or, yeah, well, I want you to at least look at it. Even if you don't do nothing about it, look at it so it can start getting you conscious to, you know, dating, planning, dating, how to do it better, just having your mind open, you know, looking at what you can see, maybe – you glance through the, um, uh, you know, the overcoming objection side or something, right? But, hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, I wanted to start with this uh, piece that we just covered here um, in health terms of supporting you with your mindset. So mental, you know, your your your, your collective, your con- the context that you're living your life from and yeah. operating inside of. So. Um, so yeah, you, this is this is this is good, man. But I want you yeah. to. This is a new thing you could be doing. This that I don't know who's going to tell you how to do this. Quite frankly, this is a. Uh, I like to consider this one of my original uh, concepts. I'm patting myself on the back. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, anything I can do to improve you, man? Let me know, bro. Anything right. you want that you haven't said or asked about or you know whatever. So yeah. all right, all right, cool. Yo, man, I'll uh, see you next weekend. Yep, see you then. Yeah, but I want to do a session before I come out there. So I'm shooting yeah. out there Friday, okay? Just letting you know. All right. All right. Talk to you. All right. Later. Yeah, later. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 